It is great to be in the house of the Lord this evening, amen, on a nice, cool evening, and uh, it is an honor and privilege to be able to preach tonight. Um, <clears throat> my message tonight is entitled, God Makes a Way, and uh So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 14, Exodus 14, and uh, while you guys are turning there, I'm going to kind of start, I'm going to kind of go through a couple verses before I get to there, but if you can turn with me to Exodus 14, and uh, we'll be starting and we'll be reading in verse 13 and kind of making our way through. Um, So we... As Christians have times in our life where we go through things and we go through trials, we go through tribulations, and there's just no way around it. Jesus said, in this, in this world ye shall have tribulation. That's a promise. That's a promise that's something that we have to go through. And the apostles said that it's through much tribulation that we must go through and enter in the kingdom of heaven. And so while we have these trials and tribulations, we know that God uses that to better us, to, to kind of sort of perfect us slowly. Now when I say that, meaning through those, we, have, we, we start to gain maturity. We start to uh, gain wisdom and knowledge. But during those times, we also are comforted so that we through that, might be able to comfort others that are going through the same thing. And so, but there's also these trials, we kind of wonder, Lord, why, why is this happening? And we start to feel that, is there really a way out of here? Well, the good news is, yes, there is a way out. Where you may see there's no way, God always makes a way through. God always makes a way through when there seems to be no way. And when we go through the text tonight, you'll kind of start to see the truth the truth and reality of that. But I want to start off here in Hebrews chapter... Uh, we're going to get to Exodus here in a moment. But um, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20, 29, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. So it's by faith that God had parted the Red Sea so that Israel can cross to safety on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow them, God closed it up and drowned them. But saved Israel alive. And sometimes when we get through situations... When the world, you got Satan and all these other things coming at you, coming after you. And when you seem to be stuck between a a rock and a hard place, God will always open up a way for you to cross safely. God is never going to leave his children abandoned. He wouldn't do that. God obviously cares for the orphans. He cares for the children. He loves the children. He loves his children. And so I just want to encourage you tonight that if you are God's child, no matter what you may be going through, God always has a way to get you through something. 
We may not see it right right there and then. But after you've been through it, you look back and you're like, God got me through it. And it builds up your faith and assurance that God will get you through anything that might be thrown at you. Amen. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And we see that this is Rahab. Uh, Rahab. She had faith. How did she get faith? Because word got around to what God did for Israel. And when word got around, Rahab believed. It was because of her belief that her faith spared not just her, but her whole entire family at the fall of Jericho. And what happened was they hung a scarlet thread upon that door. And you want to know something? That scarlet thread is a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And it's because of her faith. It it was not just her, but her whole family got saved. Amen. And that's a good promise. Now, let's go ahead and dive into this account of... Exodus 14 of the the account of the Red Sea being parted. And we're going to start here in verse 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. You know, we are, we are on a journey in this life. Egypt is a type and picture of the world. Pharaoh is a type and picture of the Antichrist. And one of these days, it's going to be bye-bye world. And we'll never have to suffer through sin or anything like that again. Because the time's coming, we'll be home with Jesus for all eternity. But for right now, we need to go about the Father's business to win souls, tell people about Jesus. Because right now there are millions upon millions of people splitting hell wide open because of their rejection of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And as pastor had spoke this morning on the famine of the hearing of the word of God, it is becoming it is becoming even more difficult because not many people are willing to stand up for truth and to stand up for what is right. Why? Because they would rather take the Bible and conform it to their own ideas instead of being conformed to what the Bible says. In other words, they want to change the Bible, but they don't want the Bible to change them. See, God wrote the Bible. He says don't change it. He's got copyright on it. 
So the question is, are you willing to let the Bible change you? Are you willing to get on your knees and pray to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You see, salvation is not complicated. The thief on the cross. He humbled himself and acknowledged his wrongdoing. Acknowledged that he deserved that punishment. And the only thing he'd asked the Lord was to re- that the Lord would remember him. And Jesus said unto him, he said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Because that thief on the cross believed. Amen. <clears throat> in verse, uh, okay, so Genesis chapter 46, verses 3 through 4, it says, And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. See, that was a promise. God was going to bring him up again. God put him there, and he's going to bring him up again. See, if God allows you to go through something, what, what will he do? He will bring you up again, won't he? And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. You see, God had a plan and purpose for Israel. They went into Egypt as a family, but they came out as a nation. In the 400 years of bondage and suffering in Egypt that they did, God was using that to make them a nation. Sometimes we have to go through things that are unpleasant. But God will use that to our benefit. For all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God knows what's best. We may not see it right away. We may not want to acknowledge it but God knows what's best <clears throat> now in verse 14 it says the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold your peace in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30 it says the Lord your God which goeth before you he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, it says, And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto thee, these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. Ye shall not fear, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. And you know what? That's the same promise. The same God that told Israel, I'll fight for you, is the same God that we serve today. If God did that for Israel, he'll surely do that for you. Why? Because he has no respect of persons. Sometimes we fight battles that we can't. But you know what? God is trying to teach us on how to fight. That's right. And God promises us that he will fight for us. And not just us as Gentiles, but whether Jew or Gentile, all those in Christ, he'll fight for you. Because he loves you. <clears throat> In Joshua 23, 3, it says, And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these nations because of you. For the Lord your God, he is, is he that hath fought for you. See, God is always going to be by your side. You may think he's not at certain times. But you got to remember, who is it that moved? Was it God or was it you? 
if it's you, which it clearly can be us, we have to examine ourselves. If there's anything that we need to repent of, we have to go back. God may seem far away at times, but he's not. Because even through trials and tribulations, he still lives in your heart. His spirit still indwells you. Sometimes we just we just don't see it. Sometimes we do. But a lot of times we just don't. Because we're so focused on our circumstances. And that's and that is natural. It's not unnatural. It's natural for us to wanting to focus on this and that. Because we don't want anything bad happening to us. But the truth of the matter is Bible Christianity is not a yellow brick road. We will go through trials. We will go through tribulations, whether we like it or not. But God has a way. Now pick it up here in verse 15 in uh, Exodus. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. See, it, Pharaoh basically came to a point where he just let Israel go. But then God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh said, why did we, why did we let them go? And they chased after him. And Israel was between their enemy, the Egyptians, and the sea. There seemed to be no way for Israel. And yet, God made a way. He parted the Red Sea so they can cross on dry land. Even though the sides might look scary, they still pass through on dry land. You know, it kind of makes me think about even in my own life. More specifically, Moving down here to Fort Smith, I had times where it was just one thing after another. Was wondering how am I going to get through this? This is not this is not going to have an end to it. I myself even wondered if there was even going to be an end to it. See, I'm not perfect. I'm just like the rest of you. I might be up here preaching, but I'm not anything special. I'm just like the rest of you. I have a flesh, you know, and and there are things that I I question too. And I say that to show you that I am not any higher or better than you. But there are times I wondered, how am I going to get through this? Because it just seemed like there really was not going to be any way. Just, Just one thing kept on going one after another. But you want to know something? I got down here, having to look back on all that, I'm down here. What does that show you? That shows you that even through those hard times and those doubtful times, I had people reminding me, Brandon, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You'll get through this. And you know what? It is by God's grace, he got me through all that. And now I'm down here in Fort Smith today. I am. 
It's not anything because of I did. It's because of what God did. God receives all the glory. God was the one that took care of me through these those trials and those road bumps. No matter what you're going through, God will always take care of you. Because you're you are his child. He always takes care of his children. He knows what's best for you. Amen. Um, now verse 17 and 18 it says and I behold I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts upon his chariots and upon his horsemen and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh upon his chariots and upon his horsemen you see, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? So he can get honor from the Egyptians. Why? So that the Egyptians will know that he's God. Not all those other false gods that, that the Egyptians would worship, but he is God. And sometimes God will do that. And it may look scary. And it may look like the world's going to come after you. But God will do it to bring glory to himself, to show that he is God. To show others that he is the one true God. Why? So that they may be what? Without excuse. Because on the day of judgment, for non-believers, they will be judged based on their works. And guess what? They're not going to say, well, well, we didn't know. No, they knew. Because, I mean... Create the you know God's creation you know and they testify of Him. God even sent people to Him and they refused. No one will be without excuse. Amen. There will be no one that will stand before God and point at Him and say, "You didn't send me so and so." Well, He did. It's just they were too stiff-necked and hard-hearted to listen. <clears throat> um. Romans chapter 9, verse 17 through 18. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up, that I might shew my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath ye mercy, on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will hardeneth. And then Exodus 14, you know, in verses 4 through 8, it says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. That he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. And the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt. And captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. Joshua chapter 11 verse 20. It says, For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts, that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. In Exodus 14, 18, again, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. 
Ezekiel 32.15, it says, When I shall make the land of Egypt desolate, and the country shall be destitute of that whereof it was full, when I shall smite all of, that, all of them that dwell therein, then shall they know that I am the Lord. God means business. God's not fooling around. He don't fool around with sin. He don't fool around with no one. God's serious. God was serious about is you know revealing himself to the Egyptians then. And guess what? He is serious now about revealing himself. Have we maybe considered the fact that the reason why all these bad things are happening, maybe God is trying to send us a message. Maybe not to us directly, but to the, to a lost and dying world. Could maybe God show, be showing himself to be able to draw people to him. It's not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen? Amen. You see, hell was only created for the devil and his angels. Praise God, they're all going there and they're all going to go into the lake of fire one of these days. Amen. We don't have to deal with them. That'll be good because them devils are just a nuisance. You know what I'm saying? Big, big nuisance. <clears throat> all right. Picking up here in verse 19, it says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to, to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. In Psalm chapter 77, verses 19 through 20, thy way is in the sea. Think about that. Thy way is in the sea. What did God do? He parted the Red Sea. Israel literally went in the sea on dry ground without drowning. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. That'd be, that would be pretty cool to watch. But, you know, even after that, a lot of the Israelites didn't believe. They even saw that what God did, and they still hardened their hearts in, in disbelief. That's why God had to have them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. So that generation could die off so that their children could go in. It was all because of disbelief. Thy ways in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. In Psalm seventy-eight, fifty-one and 53, it says, And smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength, and their tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safe, safely, safely, so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. God closed up the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptians. And if you actually take a look at pictures, you'll see you'll actually can see 
that there are chariot wheels still there, rotting at the bottom of the Red Sea. Those were fair. Those were fair, those were Pharaoh's chariots. I don't know about you, but if that's not proof that the Bible is real, I don't know what is. Now, is that to say that we need proof to know that the Bible is real? No, because that defeats the purpose of faith. We're saved by faith, not by evidence, not by proof. We're saved by faith through grace. Amen? The question is, do you have faith? Do we have faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. This is why it's important that the Bible must be preached. Why? So it could, it, it could build and expound on your faith. Because without this Bible, what do, what do we have? Nothing. This Bible should mean everything to us. Because our faith is built upon this book. Amen. Exodus 23, 20, it says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I prepared. You know, no matter what you go through, God will keep you in your way. He will. God will protect you and keep you. Yea, even though I walk through the dark valley shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. God's always with you. Whether in the valleys or in the mountaintops. The same God that's the God of mountaintops is the God of the valleys. Amen. God's always going to be with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And whosoever shall go to him, he will no wise cast away. Amen. Now, I'll pick up here in verse 21. <laughs> And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall onto them on their right hand and on their left. In Acts chapter 7, verse 35 to 36, it says, This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same that God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had shewed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. Now, if I remember that context, if, I, if I'm right, that is the context of of um, Stephen, uh, the kind of like the first deacon, preaching to that crowd. And he goes all the way back to Genesis and he starts making his way through the Old Testament. And this is part of what he goes through. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 13 through 16, it says, And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they 
as they that bear the ark were come on a Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood up and rose up upon a heap far from the city Adam, that is beside Zartan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed right over, right against Jericho. So God didn't just do it to the Red Sea, but he also did did it for the Jordan River. Twice God did it. And yet Israel still disbelieved. You know, just because, you know, some people will say, well, only if I could see this, I'll believe in God. That's not always the case. Jesus said an evil and evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Jesus didn't tell us to seek after signs. He says to, to have faith in him. Faith is much stronger than signs. Because any, I mean, the false prophets will do signs. Even in the last days. Amen. And Jesus don't Jesus said, don't follow after those people. All right. Um, we'll pick up here in verse 23. It says, And the Egyptians poured out and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's houses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch the Lord, looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire, and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. <clears throat> In Second Chronicles 2015, it said, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You see, that's just an example of what God means by, means by he will fight for you. Amen. He doesn't want you to be afraid. Sure, there might be a great multitude of Egyptians. God says, fear not. The battle is mine, not yours. See, God loves his kids. He loves he loved Israel so much. Still does. You know, you hear all these people that say, well, God's done with Israel. Well, no, he's not. Because if God was done with Israel, why is he going back to Israel after we leave? After we go home, God's going God's to go back to Israel. And guess what? Paul's prayer will be answered. Paul prayed that his people would get saved. 144,000 Jews are going to get saved. So is God done with the Jews? No. No, 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 no. God's still going to protect Israel. He's going to protect. He's going to protect his people. God used 
holy men of God to write this book. Jewish authors, Jewish prophets. Amen. Salvation is of the Jews. And if you think about that, it's true because the Jews gave us this Bible. God-fearing Jews. Those that were prophets, those that were apostles, those that were seers, those that God ordained. They were Jewish men. And they gave us God's word. Amen. That's something we can be thankful for. Deuteronomy 32, 31. It says, for their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Nehemiah 6, 16. It says, and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of, God, of our God. Isaiah eleven sixteen, it says, And there should be an highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. God created a highway in the midst of the Red Sea. I'm going to tell you something. If God could part the Red Sea... How much more can he take care of you and the things you struggle with? He's got that much power to do that. But sometimes we like, how can he help us? Well, if he can do that, he can certainly help you. All things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Going back to your verse 27 of Exodus. It says, And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea. And the seed returned to his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that were that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. Uh, Nehemiah 9.11, it says, and thou didst divide the sea before them. So that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors, persecutors, thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. Exodus 15, 7, 7 through 11, it says, And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Psalm 106, 9 through 11. It says, He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness, and he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy, and the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. 
And finally, I got a couple more verses to read and we'll, we'll finish up, all right? Uh, picking up here in verse 29, it says, But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them, on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. You know, God did an amazing deliverance for Israel. And if God did that for Israel, how much more can he do that for you? God has no respect to persons. In Psalm 66, verses 6 through 7, it says, He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the, the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Say law. Um, I'm going to skip a couple of verses here because I want to close. Um, Romans chapter 12, 19 to 21. It says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't get, don't, don't, don't take vengeance upon yourself. It won't work. Let God avenge you. Because one of these days, God will avenge his kids. For the wrongdoing that was that was against them. Amen. Let God deal with it. If you try to deal with it, you'll sin. And you'll have to and, and you'll just make the you just make it worse. That's why we are to do good, not evil to our enemies. Because one of these because you, you never know. What if what if you do good to your enemy and one of, and what and sometime down the road they get convicted? Who knows? They might actually change. You never know. God knoweth. <clears throat> Amen. Now, last verse. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to close by saying this. And I'm sorry, it kind of went a little bit long. But thank you for bearing with me. Is there anything in your life that you're going through right now that you feel, how am I going to get out of this? Well, I'm here to tell you that you'll make it through. You may not see it right now, but you'll make it through. And when you do, you'll look back and you say, I made it through. No matter what, no matter what gets thrown at you, God will always make a way there where there seems to be no way. Amen. He did it for Israel. Israel crossed with two walls of water on each side. And if God did that for them, He'll do it for you. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up together and we'll we'll close in prayer. And Brother Bill, you can come up after I'm done, okay?